Hello and welcome to The Tune Up, the new podcast brought to you by the Melbourne Recital Centre, where we get inside the minds of Melbourne's best musicians. I'm Maxim Boone. I'm Megan Stella. And today we're joined by singer, songwriter and director of the Melbourne Indie Voices, Fia. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It is such a pleasure. It's so exciting to talk to you. Uh, And I want to start with the Melbourne Indie Voices, which is not a regular choir. It's a cool choir. Uh, (laughs) It is. (laughs) We can confirm (laughs) that this is a cool choir. Can you tell me a little bit about why you started it and what uh, role it plays? Absolutely. Um, So I started out running choirs when I was living in Berlin. I lived there for about five years and I was... um, making a living as a musician and I was running a few like singing lessons for friends and one of these friends was like hey you know actually um what I want is not singing lessons and I was like cool no offense taken um what I (laughs) what I really want is someone to run a choir do you want to do that and because I was like living in Berlin and kind of there's you know you just like try things out I was like sure and I did actually start out as um uh, my mum was in the Brunswick Women's Choir when I was young and I did a lot of choir work at school and then kind of moved away from it. Um, so that's when I started running choirs and basically I just right from the start was like, well, I love singing. I love singing harmony with people and I love contemporary indie music. So it just was obvious to me that I'd bring those two together. So when I was moved back from Berlin to Melbourne, I knew I wanted to start a choir and I was like, hmm, it's going to be based in Melbourne. It's going to sing indie music and it's going to be voices. Melbourne Indie Voices, the name just was obvious. And so that's kind of how it started, yeah. Awesome. So we are. We also want to start from the beginning because we're yep. going to get stuck into this interview. Yep. So we were wondering if you might be able to teach Max and I yes. um, a vocal warm up. Absolutely. I would love to. Okay. <laughs> we're ready to learn. We're ready to get. Oh, I'm ready to be warmer than yeah. I am. Warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, um, first up, what we do in choir, most choir sessions, is we do some vocal sirens, and that is both to just kind of gently warm your voice up. So I'm going to get everyone here in this room to um, use an M sound. So I'm going to start and then you're going to join me. Which okay? is very appropriate for Maxim and Megan. Yes. M's are <laughs> already... Fact, that is why I... I uh, <laughs> We're ready. We I use I them all the time. <laughs> yeah. So we'll go like this. <laughs> and then we move to an N sound. Right. Then we move to an NG sound. And then this is the most important bit. We do lip trills, so it sounds like this. I'm going to move slightly away from the mic. <laughs> oh, I like oh. this. So good. And we do that one because I'm like, want to tell the choir... We make beautiful sounds at choir and also very silly ones. I would have loved oh. it if someone had walked in in the middle of us doing that and be like, who are these three lunatics? <laughs> Trilling into <Yeah>. microphones. <laughs> doing whale song into their mics. I feel good. But, yeah. I feel warm. Oh, yeah, and then sometimes we do a little, um, oh, just a little face massage, massage which you can't probably um, mm. hear necessarily. But if you're listening to this at home, just like get right into your cheekbones. It Ooh. feels really good it does actually feel excellent so you can do this now at the start of all your podcast sessions this might be the rest of the podcast to be honest like enjoy the sounds of (laughs) 
us Just massaging our mandibles. Just three people in a small room <laughs> touching their faces. <laughs> do you feel more warmed up? Is, I do. Is that good? I do. Max, you ready for more interviewing? I'm more than ready. I mean, I can hit you Raring with like, to go. more warm-ups if you want. But um, <laughs> No, that's a good that's start. Okay, great. <laughs> we might circle back. <laughs> yeah, great. We don't want to kind of for the Melbourne indie voices to lose all their mystique at it's the. It's true. Don't you know, give away all the secrets. You know, magician <laughs> yeah. never reveals his tricks. Um, now, Fia, you have some classical training in your background, and the, and the choral medium is kind of largely seen as a yeah. kind of classical vehicle. Yeah. Um, but what you do with Melbourne Indie Voices is about crossover. It's about creating um, great arrangements of indie songs. Now, crossover has a problematic relationship yes. for some people, checkered reputation, if you will, mm. loved by some, loathed by others. Yeah. But I just want to hear from you why uh, crossover music is a very relevant form of expression. What I think about a lot with with choir is that a whole lot of people generally did it at school and because it was compulsory, but they loved it and then they leave school and that's it. Mm-hmm. There's no more singing. You know, people don't necessarily go off, even if they enjoyed music at school, they don't necessarily go off and do music at university. So suddenly the kind of structured environment of getting together with a group of people in a room and singing is gone. And I think that a lot of people who have like busy jobs and stressful, like it's really nice to just walk into the room and be kind of told what to do in it, you know, in, in a nice way. Um, and then you're going to be creating music in a room and it's music that you listen to now and love. So I kind of think of it in that way that it's got that contemporary, you know, the repertoire that we choose is, is contemporary. Basically the only criteria is that I really like it. And then, (laughs) but then it's also got that feeling of all the, not the bad things, but the good things about how great it was at school to, Mm -hmm. to sing, you know, and you kind of took it for granted. I think when you're at school, like doing music theater or like singing Mm -hmm. school assemblies, and then when it's gone, you're like, oh, I, I miss that. But um, but that's kind of what I think of as the like the past and the present. Together I think it sort of it it's mm. definitely speaks to the way that music in general doesn't matter what categorizations yeah. in it can be incredibly enriching for everyone. Yeah. And just to talk about the music specifically, you, you mentioned there that the the first kind of um, criteria for these songs is that you yeah. love them. Yeah. But what else do you look for in an indie song that makes you think, yes, that is fit for arrangement. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. A um, couple of things, I guess. Um, the message, I, I really think about what if you're going to have 80 people singing the words to a song, what mm. are those words going to mm-hmm. be? Um, so that can range from the difference of like we've sung an Ainsley Wills song before. She's a great Melbourne artist. And the opening line is, what am I doing with my life? And I just love the idea of like 80 people in a room singing, what <laughs> yeah. am I doing with my life? Um, but it can also go to, we've done a Courtney Barnett song, Nameless, Face, Faceless, which kind of is a take on like, you know, toxic masculinity and rape mm-hmm. culture, which is so powerful as well to have all like men and women singing this um, song about kind of troll, you know, trolls and Mm. internet culture. Um, So, yeah, the message um, that it just – it's kind of hard to just define exactly what it is, but it's got to be fun Mm -hmm. to sing. I've got to hear it and be like, I want to teach that. I want people to be like – to want to be picking it up and wanting to listen to it on the way home. And, um, yeah, so message and amount of funness. Would be the main two things. Can I just ask about your process in uh, 
getting the song from the radio yep. to uh, something that can be sung by 80 yep. people who don't necessarily have musical training. Yep. What's that like? How are you thinking about that? Yeah, so a couple of things. So, you know, traditionally choirs are run with soprano, altos, tenor, basses, the four part. I've kind of condensed it to three parts, mm-hmm. which I call highs, mids and lows. Um, and so three part harmony feels like the you can teach it quite quickly, but it gets that really rich sound, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of always with the choir. I'm always kind of working out what's it, what's going to be the easiest but most musically fulfilling thing we can do. And so it's always about trying to find a balance mm. between those two things. And then we always teach with like a mix. You know, it's a lot, it's a lot by ear. There's a bit of music reading as well, and kind of because we have quite a large group of people. What's so great about that is that the people who maybe are less confident get kind of picked up by the people in their part mm. so that that we can move forward quite quickly and it sounds really great. So it's kind of like a strength in numbers kind of vibe as well. What kind of people are in the uh, Melbourne Indie Voices? I'm just really curious yeah. to know where they come from, when they come together. Um, totally. Who are they? Who who are they? Um, <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lot of us now. There's, there's about over 240 people over three wow. nights. So we could probably actually do quite a good, like, um, demographic analysis if we sat down and, and if there's any anthropologists yeah. listening get in touch um, I think so I would say oh, it's really so there are people just at uni there's people in their early 20s there's lots of like um, parents in their 30s and creative professionals we've also got um, people in their 40s and 50s as well I'd say our average age is around 30ish I reckon Um mainly it's funny people I would say people from all walks of life but what brings them together is their love of music and indie music Mm -hmm. and which is such a great thing it's so great to turn up in a room and be like okay I don't know what you do or you know I'm not sure where you've come from but I know that we have this one thing in common Mm. that's really great beautiful totally and it feels like there's been a little bit of a renaissance for choirs at the moment, mm. like with movies and TV shows, you like Glee yes. uh, and yep. Pitch Perfect Pitch and Perfect, like yep. all the Pitch Perfects, like they yep. go on forever. Yeah, Is that something like, do you think that has drawn people into not necessarily Melbourne Indie Voices specifically, but yep. choir culture generally? Yeah, I think that, um, I mean, it's great. I think that choirs are kind of in the zeitgeist a bit at the mm. moment. I mean, they've always been around. I don't think they've, they've they've never gone away, but they're a little bit more present. Um, I'd say that would, you know, if you're, I think if you're busy, you're like, okay, I've got like maybe one or two maximum activities that I could do, you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so I would be like, probably the fact that there are like the Pitch Perfect movies and there's a lot of great, like massive choirs around would help people be like, oh, what about choir rather than Pilates or something, you know? Like, <laughs> you know but, Always um, go quiet. But I would say that like... Although that's a great business model yeah. for the future of Melbourne. Pilates choir Pilates, yeah, Pilates. together at last. Maybe that's our yeah, spin-off, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'd say that like the actual enjoyment of it is it's always been around. Maybe some people need a reminder of it though. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for the people listening who are like, maybe I'll join a choir, mm. just like elevate a pitch it. Why should people <laughs> join a choir? Um... You should join a choir because you get um, an hour and a half of your week where you get to sing in gleeful abandon, um, where your voice isn't heard above everyone else's, but your voice is a contributor to the whole sound. 
And then we often go to the pub afterwards as well. <laughs> I love that. And as well. was that. <laughs> Soul enriching activities and booze. Yeah. <laughs> the two hemispheres of all great I things. Was trying to appeal to that is No, no, it's so excellent. Perfect. No, that believe me. That's the, I'm, all, I'm in. I'm sold. Yeah, we're Done. both in now. So, um, and I, I suppose this is not quite related, but it's part of your practice as a. Um, as a musician, as an artist, uh, you play the kalimba, yes. which is a super cool thing. And I just wanted to hear from you, what is it yep. and how did it find you? Yes. So it's an instrument that um, is basically a westernized version of a um, of a West African instrument called an mbira. So this is a kalimba that has a, um, mine is a G major scale, so it's a, so two octaves of a G major scale and it's like a piece of wood. I should have brought it in, but I'll keep describing it. Um, piece of wood about the size of a paperback novel with um, metal teeth on the front that you play with your thumbs. Um, and basically I studied piano at university. I studied improvisation and a little bit of contemporary classical um, piano as well. And I got quite into extended techniques on the piano when you like play inside the piano and little toy instruments like the glockenspiel and a toy piano and I saw someone playing the kalimba Mm -hmm. and I was like great I'll I'll buy that and add it to my you know like little collection and it came and because I had to order it in the mail I opened it up started playing it and I just thought wow this is not a toy this is its own instrument and I also bought a loop pedal at the quite a similar time like within the same month and I was like hmm I wonder what this would sound like and I kind of plugged plugged it in because that kalimba came with a with a pickup and um it was just the best because the kalimba has this like attack of the of the metal but then it also the wood resonates so you get when you when you're looping it you get the like the attacking sound and then this kind of harp like resonance Mm. almost synth like underneath it's just yeah it was kind of a total happy accident I'd like to say it was all planned but um (laughs) yeah and then went from there amazing and so part of your set that you'll be performing you'll be doing two uh but don't try and get an APM ticket because that's sold out yeah um you'll be playing two sets and part of that is the Melbourne Indie Voices but you'll also be doing some uh new work of your own so it's actually it's one set um the show is one set and um I've written an album, it's my second album, and what I've done is recorded um, the choir on half of the tracks. So it's kind of bringing oh. together my two musical worlds of indie pop, songwriting, live looping kalimba, and I have um, my guitarist and partner Josh Taisha, who also he plays guitar for the choir as well, and he's on the album. And then, yeah, I re- wrote and recorded choir parts for four or five of the tracks so this is kind of the first um live preview of the album which comes out next year so it's all about it's all about integration that's the key word so there are two times that you can see Fia and the Melbourne Indie Voices this Saturday, the 10th of August, 6pm and 8pm. 8pm unfortunately is sold out, but do whatever scrappy fighting you need to yes. get a ticket. Uh, and it's going to be fantastic. And where can where can our listeners find you on the internet? Yeah, um, I'm all over the internet. Um, <laughs> you can find me at um, listentofia.com and that's my tag on all the relevant social medias and then melbourneindievoices.com.au and we're on Instagram and Facebook and the like. 
Yeah. Brilliant. Well, get singing. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank Thanks for And my me. jaw thanks you as well because it's oh, it's never been I am more warmed so up and glad. beautiful. So nice. But just, let's just sing the listeners let's, out let's with a few. We do another. Thank you for listening. <laughs> We've come to the part of the show now that we like to call the tune. Out, where we head out of the studio to meet some of the fine folks who work here at the MRC. And in this episode, we're joined once again by Usher Hamish Upton to record the hotly anticipated sequel to our shocking expose on the acoustic crimes of cough lodies with an even more dangerous piece of concert hall contraband, the humble chip. Now, we know that under no circumstances mm. is it okay to bring other kinds of snacks Don't do it. into the hall, but... If you do, <laughs> but it you shouldn't. To happen. But if you I do, it, it might be worth knowing which is the least problematic. And Megan has um, she's ticking off a bucket goal here. I know that getting a mouthful of chips in the circle of the <laughs> Melbourne Recital Centre is high up there on things to do. Um, Top five. So uh, get into it, Megan. Okay. So I did open it. This is a this is a Smith's original. It's a crinkle cut, so that's particularly annoying to crunch into. I did open it already, as I, you would have heard. I think the ushers will also... Uh, that's the least inconspicuous of the... <laughs> it's also... I've bought, like, a gigantic packet. Okay. I'm sitting in the usher seat. All right. I'm just going to have, have one. Subtle like a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> Although I have to say, way less annoying than, the, than a crinkly crinkle. I think so too. Cough sweet. If you if you put these in a Tupperware, <laughs> if we could create some kind of eucalyptus favourite chip, then we'd be halfway there. Ooh, okay. I see where we're going with this. I think I now I did some real research because we're scientists. Yeah. I did some real research. I think. Please write in. I don't know. Can you write in? Maybe. Maybe. Write in to us. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think the most theatre friendly chip <laughs> is the original Pringle. And we all know what happens once you pop. Oh. People look around all quick. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that, that was the pop. Okay, you've got a pre-pop. Pre-pop. Before Hot you tip. come in. <laughs> you've got a pre-take pre the lid off. Second pop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because then it's it's small and you can fit it into... If you turn it upside down, you can just pop it in your mouth. Almost silent. How would you rate that one? It's definitely better than the Smith's original. Okay. I'd say quieter. that you could probably even let that just dissolve. You could. I didn't because I was hungry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never podcast when you're hungry, as the saying goes. Yeah. And we've, now, all, we've all been there. My last chip, I think, is the most offensive chip. It's going to be the most problematic. It's, it's a classic grain waves. What a free advertising on today's episode. <laughs> we are not We do not have a chip sponsor. No if you would like to be our chip sponsor, <laughs> please get in touch. But this is a Grain Waves, which is like just without even naming the flavour, too crunchy. Too crunchy. Way too crunchy. Way too crunchy. Way too crunchy. The flavour that I've gone with, though, is sour cream and chives. Which, again, like the eucalyptus sweet, is going to give uh, uh, two senses the heave ho. And I, I was at a concert the other day, 
Um, oh, that's the offensive opening oh, of the packet. It's, it's, it's not a terribly loud crinkle. It wasn't. This is actually this is a, this is a better better crinkle than the Smith's crinkle. Yeah, <laughs> as it were. Um, but I was I was at the theatre the other day, and it was it, it was a theatre where you were allowed to bring in chips. Mm. Not this one. I'll reiterate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought this girl sitting next to me, she's got her can of Pringles. Great chip choice. Great chip choice. Opened it. Sour cream and chives. Oh, so yeah. she was. She had. Uh, she snatched defeat from the jaws of victory there with an offensive smelling crisp. Okay. Correct. Don't make that mistake. Don't make people. that mistake. If you're going to do the ideal, ooh, it's also um, it's crummy. A grain waste That's is crummy. Thing. You're left with the residue. <laughs> yeah. So apologies to the MRC cleaner that comes in after me. I've dropped a bit of grain wave. All right, here's the crunch. Well, that's just a cacophony of (laughs) mastication there. That's awful. Um, It's a good chip, though. It's a delicious chip. (laughs) So enjoy it during the interval. See, we we have to say once again, no chips allowed in the MRC. Not one. Not one. I don't want to see one chip. Hamish no, does not want to. He's a team leader. One chip. This was a unanimously <laughs> failed experiment on that front. I mean, that, that being um, said, as a team leader, you stay outside. That's so the one thing I never. I'm never. Hamish says you can bring hole. in any chip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as it's concealed under maybe a trench coat. Put it in or, a Tupperware. Yes, a large handbag. <laughs> a shopping trolley. No. Um, we, we, we joke, but no chips. No, no chips. Chip. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to The Tune-Up, an original podcast for the Melbourne Recital Centre, hosted by Megan Stella and Maxim Boone, produced and edited by Maxim Boone, and recorded in the studio and on location at the Melbourne Recital Centre.